0: life? I mean, truly happy. If I asked you to define what a truly happy life looks like, could you do it? I'm starting the conversation about what it means to be truly happy from within and why things that you think create your happiness from outside of yourself are actually not what creates a truly happy life. So grab your cup of tea, sit back and chat with me. I've missed you. Welcome to the Happiness Workshop Podcast, where we know that happiness is a workshop. I am so excited to share tonight's special guest in the workshop, but before I do that, I just want to remind you of an upcoming event. On Thursday, March 16th, Women Finding Clarity is hosting a one-hour event called Abundant Happiness. During this event, you will learn three secrets to manifest more abundance so you can start having abundant happiness in your life immediately. If you're ready to call in more abundance than you knew was possible and start living an abundantly happy life, don't waste another second. Register for this free event now. As the owner and the happiness coach at Women Finding Clarity, I support women to find their true happiness from within so they can cultivate a truly happy life that they love. With programs like Jumpstart Your Joy and the Happiness Workshop, I support you to turn your attention inward and ask yourself the hard questions so you can develop a relationship with yourself. Once you become more solid in who you are from within, the happiness you discover there ripples out into all aspects of your life. When speaking directly to me in a group of hundreds of women, Sage Levine, the founder and CEO of Women Rocking Business said, you are abundant happiness. It was such high praise from such an amazing woman. So the link to register for three secrets to manifest abundant Happiness in your life is in show notes. Take that first step on your path toward a truly happier life and register now. I will see you there on March 16th. I am so happy to introduce you to tonight's guest, Des Caminos. Des is an embodiment life coach who has been teaching and inspiring women internationally for the last six years. She helps women unleash their full potential and transform self-doubt into self-worth so they can experience more time, energy, and fulfillment. By combining her degrees in psychology and sociology with additional training and other healing modalities, including inner child work, limiting beliefs, and somatic healing, Des guides women on a journey to quiet their inner critic and tap into their confidence so they can say goodbye to feeling stuck and hello to fulfilling adventures with a deep inner trust. So welcome to the workshop, my friend, Des Caminos. So welcome to the workshop, Des Caminos.
1: Oh my goodness, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like I could have used a better
0: word, but no, I am so happy to be with you in this community. It's the Happiness Workshop. Is there a better word than happy? I don't think there is. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to preface this interview by saying that, you know, you and I met in a business mentorship program that we're in together and hit it off immediately. And I think we literally have talked at a minimum of once a week since July. Yes. It's so
1: funny because just hearing you say it, I know how we met, but I could feel like my skin rising with just excitement and wonder because, yeah, we did have such a strong connection and there's just... When you know, you know. And I just am so grateful to be with you and to watch you grow and to really grow together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know how I feel about you, right? All the love, all the inspiration. You're not seeing her listening audience, but let me just tell you, she's just a little spitfire. She does, you have such an energy, like, I just want to snap because that's your energy. You're always moving and shaking. You're always with new ideas and inspirational things. And you're a spitfire.
1: Oh, I, that means so much to me. I really received that with such an open heart and with such gratitude because, you know, when I think about myself, I might not always use the word spitfire, but now I will. And I love snapping. And it's so funny you say that because yesterday I was with my nieces and nephews and I was showing them how fast I could snap. And I totally like pulled my finger (laughs) and they're like, you're going too fast, Fanty. And I'm like, snap, 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 snap. So
0: How cute is that? Fanty, what is that? Where does Fanty come from?
1: Fun auntie. (gasps) Stop it right now. Oh, I know. And she, my niece is about 11 years old and her friend asked her, what does that mean? And you just saw that sass come out with the eye roll and she's like, it's fun auntie, duh. And I felt so cool and also so scared at the same time.
0: Uh, Yes, because she owns you. Exactly. (laughs) You're fun auntie because she said so. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll put it on my CV. Like, yeah, you have a bar in which you need to rise to right.
1: Yeah. I know. I better stretch these fingers for the next snapping contest.
0: (laughs) Right. For sure. So I want to share and talk to you about all the things because as an embodiment coach, well, you know what, before we go on from here, let's talk about an embodiment coach. What is an embodiment coach?
1: So to me, an embodiment coach is someone who's really going to guide you through those experiences of psychological discomfort and help you ground in your vision and who you really are underneath the pain and the fear and the shame or guilt, who you are at your core. In my mind's embodiment life coach is someone who stands with you in the thick of it while you take off all of those layers that aren't you. And they really help you reconnect to who you are so you can live that life that you deserve
0: you are authentically an embodiment coach because I have come to you with things that I needed a sounding board for or things I was struggling with. And you very much stood beside me. I felt very safe. I felt no judgment. I felt no shame. I felt very safe, very seen. Um, and yeah, it gives me chills because I just feel like you were walking beside me in those times. That means so much
1: because that is definitely what I try and do, you know, for my clients and for my friends, you know, for the lady that I meet at the grocery store, who's having a hard time because of whatever reason, you know, I think we live in such a world of judgment where everyone has an opinion on everyone. And it's so nice to be in company to just exhale because there is no judgment in healing. And so it's really being able to feel safe that you can really, you know, let those walls come down. So I'm so glad that I'm able to that you receive what I'm giving to you, which is just love, admiration, and so much
0: excitement, Pascal. Yeah. So much happiness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I the thing that really just popped for me there was there's no judgment in healing right? There's no judgment. There's no shame in healing. There's no, if someone is willing to ask for help or to say, I'm struggling, I feel like that is some of the most courageous actions you can take to ask for help, to say you're struggling. That is so courageous. There's no shame in that.
1: No. Yeah. It's, it's courage. It's bravery. It's also what we deserve. You know, we deserve to be able to feel strong and ask for help. We deserve to feel safe in asking for help. And I think that's why I always tell people, you know, just to remember to take off that judgment because when we're being judged by other people or even Mm ourselves, it's really difficult to feel safe and even asking ourselves for support.
0: Yeah. You bring up a really good point because it is a lot of the struggle we have. I have my hands on my heart right now. I'm just realizing because this is what you do to me. Like you make me feel all the things in my heart. Um, But a lot of the judgment, a lot of the shame, a lot of the guilt, we put it on ourselves. It's not even coming from the outside. It's coming from the inside.
1: Exactly. And it's holding on to. and it's not our fault. It's not our fault that we carry these things and we judge ourselves because we have, you know, Painful things happen to us that scare us or shake us or, you know, quote unquote, break us. So no wonder we keep these fears and we carry them with us. It's not our fault. Also, everyone tells us to, you know, be happy and to not judge yourself and all these things, but no one tells us how to do it. That's right. So it can really make us even more in that spiral of fear or shame or guilt because We feel these things and we don't know how to stop feeling them. We don't know how to put them down. So we just carry them with us.
0: That's a really great visual of we don't know how to put them down because I'm picturing, you know, with my arms out in front of me, this huge pile of, you know, logs or rocks or even books for that matter. Because even books, yeah, because we can get so far in our own heads and get go down the wormhole on the internet or whatever, just trying to find the answer that we've now gone in a circle, chasing our own tail, trying to figure it all out. Exactly,
1: and I love the books because You know, for me, I'm I'm totally that girl who loves the library. I was just there yesterday picking up some fun, light reading books that are actually not light at all. But we get so excited, you know, and even when we think about all the stuff that we're carrying, you know, we think about carrying the pain, the the trauma, whether that's a big T or a little T, but we're also carrying excitement. You know, think about holding 12 books that you're like happiness, joy, adventure. And now you're carrying all of the the stuff that you might not want to be carrying that you're not conscious of carrying plus all of your hopes and dreams and over time they do it does get really heavy you have to put one down and so we oftentimes end up putting down or dropping or the thing falls that we love the most like our desires our dreams our ambition
0: yeah Sadly, that is true. I don't think I've really thought of it in those terms before, but right, isn't it easier to put down the thing that matters to us and still go out and serve everyone else and take care of everyone else? But in putting that thing down, we're losing ourselves. We're putting it down and walking away from it. And it's not that
1: we're just putting it down empty handed, we're putting it down and still carrying our pain, you know, and a part of that could be, you know, for those of us who are recovering people pleasers or nurturers or caregivers or mothers who always wanna be taking care of people around us. And the other thing too is just from a, you know, coming back to this metaphor of the books, if we have all of these books at the bottom is our fear, our pain. All of like four or five stacking books of limiting beliefs or whatever. And then we put on top of that our dreams, hopes, and aspirations. If we have to take something off, or if we have to have someone give, you know, give a part, give one of our books away, it just makes sense that we're going to give one of the books on top away. Yeah. So no wonder that we end up giving our dreams, our aspirations, because it just makes the most logical sense. We don't know all of the books that are on the bottom. And we might not even feel safe in giving those books away. I don't want you to see my fear, my need for support. I'm going to hold on to this. So you can just have my, you know, my hope to be a
0: six-figure business owner. Yes, absolutely. And yes, and (laughs) I Mm want to add to that, that you and I both know that the feeling of fear and the feeling of excitement are the same physiological Thing inside of us. And so sometimes it's easier to put down the thing that we're excited about because maybe we're also scared about it.
1: Yes. I, every time someone says that, I feel my my whole body just shaking. And that part of me that's probably scared, like, no, don't listen to her. It's not true. It's like, hey, you (laughs) stop at fear. You're just excited.
0: (laughs) Simmer down now.
1: Yeah. Pull yourself together.
0: Yes. I love it. I love that you talk to fear as an individual, you know, as a separate entity of yourself.
1: I think it's so important, you know, not just fear, but everything, you know, whether it's fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, you know, happiness, even, because I think we end up feeling like these emotions that are part of us are us. I'm not angry. I'm not afraid. I am fear. I am anger. It's all my fault. But if we can just have that one moment of detachment, like, oh, hey, fear, why are you scared? What's coming up? How can I help? It reminds you that you are so much more than that one emotion or that one thought. And it can really help give you some clarity as to what are we supposed to be doing here? What's the message fear?
0: Yeah. Eckhart Tolle in A New Earth talks about exactly that thing. And so, you know, one of the things that he talks about is a pain body. And so it's, he likes to think of it as a separate entity inside of you. So you're not taking ownership instead of, you know, I have a headache. If you say I have a headache, now you own it, right? My head is hurting is a different energy. It has a different energy it is um, detached and you're not taking ownership of the headache. And it
1: shows up differently on brain scans too. You know, if we talk about things in these I am statements, it gets processed in our brain in a different way. So not only is there this energetic feeling of ownership or detachment that can come from just this slight reframe, but there's, you know, so many other variations of science and research behind it to really show how this easy exercise of just wording things or being mindful of how you word things how it can really change your perception of yourself even
0: yeah this makes me think about um a friend Kimberly Brenner do you know Kimberly I don't think so no. okay she created this thing in her she's a therapist and also a coach and she created this um I think she has a card deck for it so instead of saying i am brave It's brave I am. Mm. And so, right? Doesn't that just so? Of course, I hear it in Yoda's voice brave I am, right? (laughs) But what it does is it gives you that detachment. You're not owning, you are able to become the thing. It's not just, you know, a little piece. And it's just, I feel that it's so powerful. Brave I am courageous I am.
1: I love it because it gives you an invitation. You know, it's not like you are this, it's not this declaration. It's like brave. And then you get to have a choice. How do you want to respond to that question of brave? How do you want to respond to that question of courage and flipping it again to some of those pain points? How do you want to respond to someone saying anger? How do you want to respond to headache? Do you want to take accountability and ownership and be in it? Which is also okay. I'll be honest, sometimes it feels good to be in it. Yeah. But at some point, you know, do you want to have that choice that's like, okay, I'm in it. Now I'm ready to detach and to choose whether I am or whether I am not.
0: That's right. I love that. And it feels so powerful to say brave I am instead of I am brave. Because if I say I am brave and I'm not feeling particularly brave in that moment, my mind is like, eh, liar, right? Yeah, Immediately. But if I say brave, I am, I feel powerful. Also, if you say I am brave and then you do something
1: that isn't exactly brave, now that self-sabotage is going to come in that's like, you're always lying. I told you, you weren't brave. No one can believe you. And you're now you're in the self-ruminating spiral of, you know, the critic of those thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, The inner critic, because I know that that's, you do a lot of work with the inner critic and how do you, I know there's no one easy fix or one easy tool, but you know, if you were going to share a little bit about your work with the inner critic, what would you share about that?
1: You know, it's really just expanding on what we talked about detachment when that inner critic comes up. Cause we all have them, you know, we all have the voice and healing is not linear. So I think a lot of times when people think about Healing or the, you know, getting over the inner critic, they think that, okay, once I'm over this, then those anxious thoughts will stop. They'll never come back. And when we're working with the inner critic, something that I always have my clients do is one, detach. So when these inner critic voices are coming in, offer a slight detachment from it. Visualize what does your inner critic look like? Mine looks like the, be showing my age a little bit um mm-hmm. do you remember like when wordpress or, or microsoft word first came out i had like the paper clip that was like bouncing up and down yes yeah so my inner critic kind of looks like that but like with weird crazy einstein hair um and it helps because when i hear those thoughts of you're not enough you've got to be doing more i imagine that and it shifts in the way in which I internalize it and process it. And brain studies have shown this too. So the first thing is really just visualize it. Imagine that you're talking to your inner critic, not that you are your inner critic.
0: Mm, That's powerful.
1: And it's just so funny because now when those voices come up about 80% of the time for me, they've got a different voice. Mm. And my client told me that the other day, she was like, I had this voice. That's like, you're such a loser. What are you doing? And it didn't sound like me. Nice. I know. I've got like goosebumps, but because it is, it's so powerful. Just reminding yourself who's in control, who is in this body. It's, it's me, but I also want to make sure to let people know not to try and dismiss or repress the inner critic.
0: Yeah. Because yep. (laughs) Yeah. No, you go. No, you go. Um, yeah, no, agree Because there are times when our inner critic is important and saves us or catches us or, right, the inner critic is not always bad. Exactly. You know, the inner critic is a result of all of
1: the painful things that we've experienced in our life. It's there because it loves us and it protects us. Also, Think about how you would feel if you're trying to tell someone a message for their safety or that you love them. And that person you're talking to is like, nope, stop it. Be quiet. Get away. I hate you. You're probably going to get really loud. You're probably going to get really frustrated and you're probably going to come back even harder than you did the first time. Yeah. So that's the other thing. When the inner critic comes up, easier said than done, I know, but try not to dismiss it. Really try and go into it with a play and curiosity, that childlike wonder, um, because that's really when we can start embracing the inner critic and letting them come in the driver's seat with us and not take over the car.
0: Mm, That's a powerful visual too. I'm all about the visuals. I love it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, I belong to a group um, called Curated Conversations, and Jamie Chapman has Curated Conversations. It's every Monday morning, which I cannot invite you to because you're Pacific time zone and we're Eastern, and so it would be 5 a.m. for you, and I don't think you're getting up at 5 a.m., but um, last month, the topic for the entire month was the ego, and hooey, what a juicy conversation. And yeah. It's so funny because, you know, when
1: we think of the ego, I think so many of us think of the Freudian aspect of it, you know, the id, the superego, which is totally a part of that. But I don't think we really think about our own ego. You know, I think when we think of the ego, so many of us think of this like concept. And I love that there's a group a community that's like, no, let's explore the ego and how it's showing up in our life, because the ego is oftentimes so connected to that inner critic, you know, the wanting to be successful, like, and so really being able to just dive deeper into these concepts, which are so popularized, but turning them inward and seeing where do they fit in our life. So we can have more power and choice in navigating when they show up.
0: And that's a really great point because we're all coming at it from a different place in life, right? We're all at different levels in our own inner exploration. We're all in different careers or different um, places in life. Like whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you have eight children or zero children, whether you have a career, you're an entrepreneur, you're a student, I would love to be a lifetime student. I mean- I really am a lifetime student, but you know what I mean. I'm you know, So, we're all coming at the ego, the inner critic, all of it from a different place. And so, being open minded to other people's perspectives, it's surprising and also not so surprising how, even though we can come from completely different places, Our experiences with the ego, with the inner critic are so very similar.
1: Yeah. And I think it's because it really hits on humanity. You know, it's part of our human experience to go through the process of the ego, to learn how to embrace the inner critic. And I think it's just part of our experience here. And one thing that I love helping people or guiding people or just giving them the invitation when it comes to this exploration, because it can be hard. You know, no one's like, let me just look at my deep, dark shadows and explore my shame and guilt. <laughs> you no, know, no one's doing that during happy hour, unless, you know, you're maybe Pascal or I. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my husband loves it. It's great. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's, I always think about when it gets overwhelming, if it gets overwhelming for you, a great way to bring in self-compassion is to think about you as a child to think about who you were and how you wish you would have learned about the inner critic and the ego when you were five or six or 10, you know? And it can really just take a little bit of that weight off of us because we're adults. And so hindsight can come in with a slab in the back and be like, let me tell you all the things you did wrong and how you should be better. But if we can just take off that expectation and bring in some self-compassion, it can really change. It can make the process of the ego and the
0: inner critic so much more light and fun. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when you're doing this work, we have a tendency to put blame on other people. So yes, sometimes there's blame warranted. However, it's not necessarily always productive. And so instead of looking at your inner child and saying, oh, I'm so sorry that you weren't taught this when you were three or four or five, or like you said, 10, you know, instead of finding blame with the people who should have or could have taught that to you, it really is just about enveloping your inner child with the compassion with the understanding with the care that you would have wanted in that time
1: exactly you know really i love that word envelop because it feels so safe you know it feels like coddling but in like a grown-up way um and you're right about blame because also one the brain the brain loves to blame because it wants to know who's at fault because if it knows who's at fault then it feels like it's got a little control okay it's my parents fault so now i've got control so it'll never happen again but when you're holding that blame that means you're stuck you're in it you're in blame it's really difficult to move forward with freedom and expansion if you're carrying the books of blame yeah. You're know, coming back to our first metaphor. And so, if you're carrying all of these books of blame, you know, I blame my mom, I blame my dad, I blame my teachers. Now you're going to be stuck in that space, or the next thing that you move into, you're going to be holding
0: on to that. Yeah. And it's so important. If you want to move on, you have to put those blame books down, just in the same way that you put the shame books down, or the guilt books down, or the fear. You know, and it's not just put it down so I don't have to look at it. It's really sit with it. Where is it coming from? How can I move through it, not just get around it? Right. Because we know that if you don't move through it, it's going to visit you again. Right.
1: Yeah. Because it lives in the nervous system. I mean, the, Body is a beautiful, detailed map of the subconscious mind, which is why if you've ever told yourself, I'm never going to do that thing again. And the moment comes up and your body is like, whoop, and we did it. It's for that reason, you know, and I think that's just the powerful thing about navigating these harder emotions like blame is it can be really difficult to put it down because it can feel really scary or we can still feel a lot of anger or wound around it but just figuring out what do I need to release this blame and to make sure that I feel safe so that this doesn't happen again, that I have more choice and power so that it doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah. And how do I want to do it differently moving forward?
1: Exactly. Because we are the center of our own story.
0: Mm, For sure. For sure. And what do we want that to look like? Right. Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? Do you want to show up as the victim? Because when you're blaming, you are in victim mind. Oh, it's so
1: funny because I always, I love this word of throwing it in here, a victim. And it's something that I try and be really mindful of, but that is exactly what it is. When we get into the mindset of blaming, we do get into that victim state you know, and we can find it showing up in other areas of our life. Like, why is this happening to me? Bad things always happen. And when we get into that, it's really difficult for us to pull ourselves out, to feel empowered, to feel worthy. It's a really difficult place to be in. A hundred percent. Easy place to be in because the brain, again, is going to be feeding all those chemicals. And, you know, especially for any ladies who are listening, we live in a world where unfortunately- We do get this narrative of the victim mindset pretty early on, you know, that as women, things
0: happen to us. Yep. Yep. And I love that in society that, you know, in the collective, that energy is starting to change and more feminine energy is coming in. And it's just so powerful because not in a way of women are better than men, but in a way of now our voices are being heard. We're being seen. We're being, um, we're powerful enough to show up, right?
1: And I think
0: we're getting powerful enough
1: to connect with each other. Yeah. You know, I think that one thing that I really noticed in the women's voices are rising is that it's happening as a collective. Right? We are coming together, and that takes courage and strength. And we have to put some of our blame books down because. You know, I'm sure a lot of us have experienced some wounds around other women because that's again, just the narrative that so many of us have grown up in, but really finding support with each other, locking arms as we all say, no, this isn't the culture I want to live in. No, this isn't my mindset. No, this isn't the future for myself or the children that come after me.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. I love it. Mm. I don't even know there was something else I was going to say around all of that, but I feel like you just tied it all nicely in a little package, you know, and one thing I do want to add is, you know, the work that I do, and I'm all about energy and I'm all about law of attraction and manifesting and abundance and all of that beautifulness. And if the energy that you're putting out is, woe is me and I'm a victim and I'm not empowered, that's the energy that you're going to receive. And so it's so important to do the work, to work through the things, all the things around your inner child and the victim mentality, all of it, anything that you struggle with because it just helps to empower you. And when you feel empowered, you're putting out a different, higher vibrating energy that's going to come back to you.
1: Mm, Yes. And I love the work that you do for so many reasons, but just that message alone is so important. You know, where focus goes, the energy flows. Yep. I think that that's something for so many of us to be very mindful of because it's easy to get caught in those self-sabotage or inner critic thoughts And it's okay, but once you catch yourself in there, you've got a choice of where you want to put your energy.
0: Yeah. And that's it. Do you want to, it's not saying when you say, do I want to put my energy there on feeling like a victim? That doesn't mean that you're attracting more victim. What that means is you're making a decision. Do I want to live in victim mentality or do I want to work through feelings of being a victim? And then how can I change it? So I'm empowering myself. And when you put your energy there, that is when the empowerment comes. That is when different energies start showing back up for you because now you've empowered yourself.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I want to share this quick thing because I feel like it's so fitting. So I'm in like a hotel area. We didn't have internet in the morning, got cut off. And I was very much in the victim mindset where it's like, internet's always cutting out for me. I'm always the one who's having technological issues. Like it's always me. I went on the elliptical to try and like get some of this anxiety out. The elliptical starts making these weird sounds. It's yelling at me and I'm in it. I'm in the victim mindset of like, woe is me. Woe is always me. Bad things always happen. And I took a big breath and I'm like, whoa a lot coming up. Where is this coming from? Also, of course, of course, I'm finding myself in the victim mindset. I have had a lot of, you know, bad things happen to me, quote unquote. But you once told me that even though you've had a bad past doesn't mean you can't have a bright future. So really in those moments of when I am in the victim mindset, acknowledging myself and validating myself as to why I get into those victim mindsets, knowing that it's all a journey and then saying, but this was the past and now I've got the tools to choose to change the present moment so I can feel more empowered in the next hour. And I did, I came, I figured it all out. And now I'm here, of course, I've got great Wi-Fi. I'm talking to like my, one of my best friends, like, and now it's great, but it takes that moment of choice and it's hard.
0: Yeah. And you showed up here with great energy, not in defeated energy. And so very clearly you made that choice. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Years of practice. Yep. But. And that's it. I mean, it's easy to say, it's more difficult to do. And you've done so much of this work. I've done so much of this work. So it's it just comes a little more natural to talk about it. Um, but for anyone who's really just starting, it's worth it. Just trust us, it's worth it.
1: Yeah. And if there's anybody who's listening, who's wondering if it is or isn't worth it. One thing that I always invite you to think about is to think about yourself at a younger age and to think, were you worth it then? Mm -hmm. And because you were, and you're worth it now, you know, I always tell people that you're worth, it's not a commodity. It's not something you get to trade, barter, or give away. It is inherent to you and it's your birthright. It'll never go away. And so when we're thinking about doing this deep work, it can be heavy, it can be a lot, but it's also adventurous and playful and filled with curiosity if you want it to be.
0: Yeah. And one thing I want to add, you know, that I love that looking back at who you were as a child and were you worth it? Of course you were worth it. How about looking forward at the woman that you're going to be, the person you're going to be, who do you want that person to be? You know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So now is the time to really say, you know what? I'm going to do the work so that I can be the person I want to be in five years, 10 years, however, and in five or 10 years, however long it is, Think about the feeling of just awe and wonder and pride when you turn around and look back at the person you were 10 years ago and everything she went through to get you where you are now. And
1: it makes you so much closer to yourself. Yeah. You know, even hearing you talk about it, where I think about, you know, connecting to that vision of you that, that help what it's going to feel like and knowing that you're the one who got her there. Like, think about that. And I just love what an invitation that is to deepen our connection with ourself and remind ourselves that we have our back. If nothing else matters, you have your back. If you want to, it's all a choice And it can be really frustrating feeling like you're the only person who has your back. But I promise there are so many people in the world rooting for you. Pascal and I are one of them.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about the inner child, because I know that you have an event coming up, I believe, that is around the inner child. I do. So I have an
1: event. It is March 16th at 11 a.m. And it is really for, you know, ladies, I just want to tell you, you are enough because this event really is, it's just a short little power hour of helping people embrace their inner child so they can heal their self-worth because it's when we are able to really learn those basic steps of how to turn inward and heal our Pained past experiences that we can really start to transform that pain or that self doubt into self worth. So we can have more clarity and confidence, fulfillment. And really, you know, the big thing that everybody always says from these inner child work, you know, exercises is that they have a deep inner trust in themselves.
0: Mm, that's there's no price you could put on that, right?
1: Right. And You know, it's so funny because when I first started doing inner child work, I had no idea what it was. I was like, that's weird. I don't have any kids. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And now I'm like five-year-old, eight-year-old. And it can, when it comes to the inner child, if you've had a painful or traumatic childhood, it can feel really scary. The idea of going back and looking at some of these painful experiences But working with the inner child, it doesn't always have to be you going back to that moment in time. It's just you reconnecting to yourself at that age and giving them the support that they deserved, the love that they deserved. And just know that for all of us, we hold these experiences, we hold these memories. And sometimes our inner child just wants, just wants to not feel alone anymore. And unfortunately, the only person that can make them not feel alone anymore is you.
0: It's us. For sure. And, you know, just like you think about your um, fear as detached, as separate from yourself, it helps me to think about my inner child that way. So I am 47-year-old Pascal and I'm talking to three-year-old Pascal or five-year-old Pascal as a separate person, because then I'm able to energetically just hug her and hold her. And, you know, so really feeling detached while feeling completely consumed for me really helps.
1: Yes. And, you know, I think that's something that's so important, the detachment going into it, because we can go in feeling it, you know, our nervous system is going to go back into that state of whatever it was that we were feeling. But being able to remind yourself, I'm here, I'm grounded, I'm in the present moment, and I am choosing to go back.
0: Yeah, and I am safe.
1: And you're safe, because you didn't have that choice, and you might not have had that safety when you were younger, And oh, an easy exercise to do, kind of like what you're talking about of just that detachment, write a letter to yourself. Say, hey, you know, five-year-old Desi, you know, five-year-old Pascal. Like, I just wanted to let you know, blank. And it's even just that simple exercise of writing, but following that framework of dear you can really, you'll feel a lot of things come up.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's... I'm going to have to try that one.
1: Yeah, I I highly recommend it. And I do it for myself quite often. You know, whenever I'm having these fears come up, you know, like fear of failure or not being enough, I remind myself of where that pain probably happened. Most of the time, it's some inner child that's like, Des, I'm scared. And everybody told me I'm a loser. And I'm like, okay, baby girl, come here. Let me envelop you with some love and just write a little letter, you know, give her the words of wisdom and support she deserved to have. You get to go back and reparent yourself. Yeah. it's It's a really beautiful journey.
0: That's beautiful and powerful.
1: Yeah. I love, I
0: love inner child work. Amazing. So I know that people are going to want to get in touch with you. What is the best way? Um, because I'm not trained in inner child work. I cannot walk someone through that Journey through that path. Um, And I wouldn't try it because there's so much to know if you are going to walk beside someone through that. So I can imagine that there are going to be a lot of people who want to contact you. What's the best way? You know, I would say
1: the best way is just to schedule a breakthrough to trust call with me. And the reason is because we could go back and forth on email for so long, but taking action. (laughs) is something that can be really scary, but really powerful. And when it comes to inner child work, your inner child wants you to take action and wants you to be powerful. And so if you just break through to a trust call with me is the easiest way because I get to know you, your story and your experience. And then from there, we can really find out if it's an alignment to go deeper into this journey of inner child work or trauma or somatic therapy even.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So I will put a link for your Breakthrough to Trust call in the show notes, and people can get a hold of you that way. And then um, is there a link that we can also put if they want to register for your inner child event that you're hosting?
1: Oh, yeah. So I'll give you Mm -hmm. a link to that. Um, And, you know, just my general information for anybody who's like, oh, I'm not interested in inner child, but I'm interested in DES. (laughs) Um, You can find me on all of the social media stuff uh, under Des Caminos. Um, And so, yeah, I invite you to to follow me if you're interested in just learning how to look at self-worth through the lens of play.
0: Yeah. And that is definitely a word that I always think of, like all capital letters when I think of you. Every single time is play because you are so playful. You approach everything with like childlike wonder and fun. You just want to have fun and, you know, just kind of dance your way through it all. And yeah,
1: yeah. Also, I do heavy stuff. So I don't, nobody wants to be like, let me go do shame and guilt and trauma with Des. It's like, but we're going to have fun. It's like, all right, maybe I'll try one thing. (laughs)
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. You know how you're in my heart and I can't believe you haven't been here before now, but I'm glad that we finally made it happen.
1: Me too. We, you've been such an active part of my life, Pascal, and I love this community. I love your podcast and I'm so grateful that it all happened in the
0: divine timing that it was meant to. Always. Everything happens the way it's supposed to, right? It
1: does.
0: Oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. Des is so fun, right? You can find her contact information in show notes. And I encourage you to be part of her upcoming event, Embracing My Inner Child, if you feel called to heal your inner child. I am holding so much gratitude for each of you and appreciate that you continue to come to the workshop week after week to learn more about yourself. Keep moving purposely forward on your path to happiness and always remember to go within. Good night. Thank you for being part of the women finding clarity community and for making the happiness workshop podcast part of your week. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five star rating and review on your favorite listening platform and share the happiness workshop podcast with a friend. These are simple ways to help us get our show in the ears and on the minds of more listeners. We know that happiness is a workshop, so find more tools to guide you forward on your path to happiness at www.womenfindingclarity.com. A reminder to keep moving forward on your path to happiness and always remember to go within.